Good morning. Let us wave our palms this morning. grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, good morning on this Palm Sunday morning <laughs> as we have gathered once again. First thing we're going to read this morning is we're going to hear the gospel lesson according to Luke. And as I read this, I invite you to wave your palms as we read about the triumphal entry of Jesus. So this is Luke 19, 28 through 40. After Jesus said this, he continued on ahead, going to Jerusalem. As Jesus came to Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he gave two disciples a task. He said, go into the village over there. Where you enter it, you will find tied up there a colt that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks why you are untying it, just say, its master needs it. Those who had been sent found it exactly as he had said. As they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, its master needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their clothes on the colt, and lifted Jesus onto it, and Jesus rode along. They spread their clothes on the road. As Jesus approached the road leading down from the Mount of Olive, the whole throng of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice because of all the mighty things they had seen. They said, Blessing on the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, scold your disciples, tell them to stop. Jesus answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones 
would shout out. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Wave it good, Owen. Wave it over there. You got it. You got it. Let us pray this morning. God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, be with us in the joys and sorrows of life. We turn to you this day knowing that we will not be put to shame. Be at our side when the crowd shouts Hosanna as Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Be with us also when the crowd turns as those who loved him fell away. Their story is our story. Be with us in the telling that we may talk with Jesus once more on the long journey of Holy Week. Amen. Let us sing our song of preparation this morning, Majesty. may be seated. As we have gathered on this day, this day of a triumphal entry, this day where we begin our turn into Holy Week, we take time now uh, to lift up our prayers and our joys and our concerns. Uh, we're also going to take just a moment to look at our uh, things that are going on in the life of the church. So if you look at the back of your bulletin, you'll see there uh, all the things that are going on. Choir tonight, trustees tonight. Uh, choir's at five, trustees is, is at six. Uh, Methodist women is tomorrow night. We have our last of the Lent study on Tuesday. Uh, our Monday Thursday service is this Thursday at 7 p.m., uh, and our Easter sunrise is at 7 a.m., and we will be having breakfast afterwards. Uh, the men are going to gather around about 5.30 to start getting all that prepared uh, for that. So if you would like to come help cook, come help cook. Uh, so we'll be thankful for that. Are there any other announcements this morning? All right. I do have a thank you card. Let me read it before I forget about it. <laughs> it says thank you. 
To my church family, my thanks to you for the prayers, the beautiful flowers, and for the calls, cards, and food. It is a blessing to be a part of a church family that cares and supports each other. Please continue to pray for me. I have more tests and doctor visits to make. Thank you, love, Brenda. With sincere thanks and appreciation. We are glad to see you here this morning. Uh, so now we'll move to prayers, joys, concerns. Um, like we said, it was a joy to see Brenda here this morning. Uh, we, we're going to continue to pray that everything goes well. It's a joy to see Ann and back there this morning. And we are thankful for all those who are helping get her uh, to her appointments. Um, so if, you're, if you have a chance, take a look at the sheet in the back. Um, she still has some days open, and we're, we're taking it a day at a time. Uh, but, you know, we're thankful for anybody and anybody that can help with that. So we're thankful for that. Uh, any other names to lift up this morning? Well, it's a joy to see everybody here this morning as we celebrate. So let us take our prayers to the Lord. So let us pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we are so blessed that we can come this morning and celebrate, to celebrate what Jesus has done for us, to celebrate the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, to be able to celebrate as we go through this week and remember what Jesus did in this last bit of time before that gruesome time on Friday. But Lord, we are so thankful that we can gather together. We have so many names on our list to bring to you. You know each and every one of these names by heart. You know every hair on their head. You know every sickness and ailment that they have. So Lord, we give them to you this day. We seek healing for where healing is needed. We seek comfort for those who need comfort. We seek peace for those who need peace. And we seek peace for the conflicts that are going on in this world. So Lord, as we come this morning with our loud hosannas, we come as a broken people, as a people in need, as a people who look to you. So God, this morning we come to you to hear your voice, to sing your praises. And Lord, we come together with the chorus of saints and sinners that have prayed the prayer that you have taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
<laughs> Jenna's recruiting. Jenna's recruiting. It happens. Gotta tighten it up again. I'm gonna try to go this way and see if it'll stay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As we continue this morning, uh, our fir- our second reading of scripture this morning comes from the Psalms. We're, singing, uh, we're reading Psalm 31, verses 9 through 16. Uh, it actually starts on 765, uh, as well. we'll be beginning at verse 9 this morning. So uh, if you'll turn with me and let us read this psalm together. Psalm 31, verses 9 through 16. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. My life is spent with sorrow, my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery, and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances, those who see me in the street. Flee from me. I have passed out of mind like he who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me through your steadfast love. Amen. As we continue this morning, we are continually grateful and thankful for the gifts that have been given uh, in response uh, to what God has given us. So this morning, let me offer this prayer over our offerings this morning. Let us pray. Jesus came as our king to share your blessing with the world. The one who was greatest among us became the least for us and our salvation. Our servant king humbled himself to sustain our weary souls. Receive the gifts we bring before you this day, that the whole world may know the glory and power of your kingdom. Blessed is the one who comes In the name of the Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 through 9. Hear now the word from Isaiah. The Lord God gave me an educated tongue to know how to respond to the weary with a word that will awaken them in the morning. God awakens my ear in the morning to listen, as educated people do. The Lord God opened my ear. I didn't rebel. I didn't turn my back. Instead, I gave my body to attackers and my cheeks to proud 
plucker, to beard pluckers. I didn't hide my face from insults and spitting. The Lord God will help me, therefore I haven't been insulted. Therefore I set my face like flint, and I knew I wouldn't be ashamed. The one who will declare me innocent is near. Who will argue with me? Let's stand up together. Who will bring judgment against me? Let him approach me. Look, the Lord God will help me. Who will condemn me? Look, they will wear out like clothing. The moth will eat them. And our passion gospel lesson comes from Luke. And this goes Luke 22, 14 through 23, 56. Uh, that is a lot of scripture to read this morning, but I'm just going to hit bits and pieces of it as we remember the passion of our Lord and Savior. So we're starting at around verse 22, uh, chapter 22, verse 14 of Luke. So Jesus came to this place with the tables and his disciples. And he said, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I tell you, I won't eat it until it is fulfilled in God's kingdom. And taking a cup and giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. I tell you that from now on, I won't drink from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom has come. After taking the bread and giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after the meal and said, This cup is the new covenant by my blood, which is poured out for you. And Jesus said, But look, my betrayer is with me. His hand is on this table. And an argument broke out among the disciples of which of them should be the greatest. The kings of the Gentiles rule over the subjects and those in authority over are called friends of the people. But that's not the way it will be with you. Instead, the greatest among you must become like a person of lower status and the leader like a servant. Thus you will eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones overseeing the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, look, says Jesus, Satan has asserted the right of the sift. You will all, all sift all like wheat. However, I have prayed for you that your faith won't fail. When you have returned, strengthen your brothers and your sisters. Then Jesus offers a prayer. Jesus left or Jesus goes to pray. Jesus left and made his way to the Mount of Olives as, he, as was the custom, and the disciples followed him. And when he arrived, he said to them, Pray that you won't give in to temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed. He said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not my will, but your will be done. While Jesus was still speaking, a crowd appeared, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. And Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the human one with a kiss? After they arrested Jesus, they led him away and brought him to the high priest's house. And of course, Peter followed in a distance. They went to the courtyard, and some woman saw him sitting in the firelight, and she said, This man was with him too, but Peter denied it, saying, Woman, I don't know him. 
A little while later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I'm not. An hour or so later, someone else insisted, This man must have been with him because he is a Galilean too. And Peter responded, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And at that very moment, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and Peter remembered the Lord's words. Before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and cried uncontrollably. Jesus now goes before Pilate, and Pilate asks him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replies, That's what you say. Then Pilate said to the chief priest in the crowds, I find no legal bias for action against this man. But they objected strenuously, saying, He agitates the people with his teaching throughout Judea, starting from Galilee all the way here. So then Jesus is sent to Herod. Herod finds no fault in them, and he comes back to Pilate. And Pilate again has gathered all these people together, and he says, As it is your custom, I will release one of these back to you. And they said, Crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas. They were adamant about their screams, telling them, telling Pilate who they wanted released and who they wanted crucified. Then Jesus is taunted and led away, and as he was led away, they grabbed a man named Simon, a man from Cyrene who was coming in from the countryside. They put the cross on his back and made him carry it behind Jesus. A huge crowd of people followed Jesus, including women who were mourning and wailing for him. And Jesus turned to the women and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't cry for me. Rather, cry for yourselves and your children. The time will come when they will say, Happy are those who are unable to become pregnant the wombs that never gave birth and the breasts that never nursed a child. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. If they, if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Then Jesus is led to the cross. The soldiers mocked him. They came to him offering him sour wine. One of the criminals hanging next to Jesus insulted him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Responding, the other criminal spoke harshly to him. Don't you fear God, seeing that you've also been sentenced to die? We are rightly condemned, for we are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. It was about now, about noon, and the darkness covered the whole earth. Until about three o'clock, while the sun stopped shining, then the curtain in the sanctuary torn down the middle. Crying out in a loud voice, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I entrust my life. After he said this, he breathed for the last time. Now there was a man named Joseph who was a member of the council. He was a good and righteous man. He hadn't agreed with the plan and the actions of the council. 
He was from the Jewish city of Arimathea and eagerly anticipated God's kingdom. This man went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Taking it down, he wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid it in a tomb carved out of the rock in which no one had ever been buried. It was the preparation day for Sabbath, and the Sabbath was quickly approaching. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph. They saw the tomb and how Jesus' body was laid in it. Then they went away and prepared fragrant spices and perfumed oils. They rested on the Sabbath in keeping with the commandment. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have come this day to hear your word, to listen to your message and hear your scriptures read, Lord, may you continue to speak through us, to us through the message this morning. So may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we have made it through Lent. We are now in to Palm Sunday, the Sunday before the Passion Week starts. And we celebrated this morning as we came in, as we sung, we celebrated the triumphal entry of Jesus in Jerusalem. And now we are looking into the passion that Jesus suffered. You see, we're, we're still continuing through the journey of Paul's letters in this series called Character and Calling this morning. But just as a quick recap, when we began in Romans, we were reminded that we must remember what a Christian believes. And then we went to Philippians, where we were reminded to use others as models for our discipline. Then we went to 1 Corinthians, where we were reminded about holiness, the state of being devoted to the service of God. Then we went to 2 Corinthians, where we were told we are ambassadors who represent Christ through the gift of reconciliation from God and the ministry of reconciliation. And then last week, we came back to Philippians, where we were reminded that our faith has to be in God and not in our credentials. And today, we continue in Paul's letter to Philippi. And the text today is considered one of the first hymns in Christianity. In one of the commentaries that I read this week, it talked about singing this text. And maybe having somebody play something and, you know, we sing it as a hymn that it is written at. But I am not that confident this morning. I did try to practice it this week. Didn't come out very good. I tried to sing this, but I'm not, I'm not going to kill your ears this morning with that. So let's read this morning. Uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, 
so that the name of Jesus everywhere in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This again is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. McGray de Vega says that this text from Philippians invites us to just remember his or Jesus' mindset, his deep down motivation for why he did what he did. And it is a reminder for us to follow Jesus' example. Now, many years ago, and it kind of hurts me to say this, many years ago in the 1990s, doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but when you think about it, that's many years ago, there was this trend that went around that we were wearing bracelets as teenagers, adults were jumping in on it, called WWJD. This trend was a reminder of how one is to follow the example of Jesus in all situations. To ask oneself, what would Jesus do? Now this question is a good start, a very good start into the mind of Christ. Because it helps us remember what Jesus did in different situations so that we can figure out how to do things in different situations. McGray says to be like Jesus, we need to have the mind of Jesus, which never seeks its own ambition and always seeks to be a servant. To be like Jesus is to assume a mindset of humility. And that's today's character and calling is humility. Now, I thought about polling the room to find out what your definition of humility was. But then I knew we would get so many different answers, it would be hard to pull it all back together. So I will say, I will say that there are probably many different versions of what we think humility is. McGray says to fully understand what humility means is critical to interpreting the text. So yes, we all have these different ideas of what humility is, but within the understanding of humility, there are some distortions. And McGray tells us that if boasting is seeing oneself as everything, it is tempting to equate humility with seeing oneself as nothing. But being humble does not mean minimizing one's own talents and abilities or thinking that everyone else is better than you. Humility is not to be equated with low self-esteem or poor self-worth. So how do we get a better understanding of humility? One way is to consider the etymology. That is, to study the origin of the words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history. McGray tells us that it comes from the Latin word hummus, or humus, which literally means dirt. So to be humble means to see oneself as grounded, drawn from the earth, connected to all of life, no better and no worse than the rest of all creation. So humility is a reminder of who we are and to whom we belong. 
Humility is about connection to God, connection to creation, connection to each other. To be humble means that you are linked to every other living creature on earth and you are as dependent on others as they are on you, says McGray. Now, this concept may be difficult. We live in a very independent society, a society that puts a lot on the actual individual, that it is up to the individual to make sure that they are the ones who excel and get ahead in their positions, that is it up to the individual to improve themselves through some self-help guru book or whatever is out there, that it is up to the individual to look out for themselves because nobody else is going to do that. We also live in a society where individuals are used and abused just to get that old precious dollar. Where an individual's value is decided by peers, by oppressors, and by laws. So this can make being humble very, very difficult. How do we be humble? McGray offers another way of looking at humility. He says, you are never as bad as you think you are, and you are never as good as other people say you are, and the reverse is true. You are never good, as good as you think you are, and you are never as bad as others say you are. So in other words, the appropriate balance between your ego and self-abasement is always remembering that your value is never found in what you think of yourself, nor dependent on the affirmation that people give you. But society says differently. So how do we live in humility? Well, humility grants us the ability to have the mindset of Christ. And this is truly a gift from God. McGray says that true humility is the gift of seeing yourself the way God sees you. True humility is the gift of seeing yourself the way God sees you and also seeing yourself as part of the interconnected dependence on the lives of people with you and around you. With you and around you. So this day, we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus to Jerusalem. And we begin the final part of our journey to the cross. And we are to look to Jesus as an example of how we are to live. That we are to see that we all are connected to one another, that we are to humble ourselves to God and to one another. That we are the ambassadors who represent Christ. And to know that people are watching and imitating us. Are we showing them what it is to have the mindset of Christ? So I offer again what we did in the 1990s. What would Jesus do to start off? 
we first think about the situations that Jesus was in and what he did in those different times and different places. And then we start thinking the way Jesus thought. Jesus loved each and every thing around him. He said, let the children come. He cast out demons. He healed those who couldn't walk, who couldn't see. And he did some of those things by digging into the dirt. He told those who were accusers, those who were without sin, throw the first stone. And then he went back to drawing in the dirt. Jesus has a way of just infecting our lives. And we have to let him. We have to let Jesus have our minds. So that when we are out in the world, people see true humbleness, true humility, true caring and love for one another. And Jesus took it to the cross. He cared and loved so much that he went to the cross. He sat and prayed in the, the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, if this is not to be, let me, I, I don't want this. It's like, I, I, I'll do it, but I don't want to. He humbled himself before God and before us so that we could live like him with peace, which is hard to come by, with love that is unconditional, with humility that gives us everything we need. So as we go through this holy week, this week of Jesus sitting down with his disciples and eating that final meal that we celebrate each time we celebrate communion, as we go through this holy week, let's humble ourselves before God and receive the gift of humility so that we can be the ambassadors that Christ has called us to be and to show others that they are loved no matter what. So let's show those around us the beautiful, messy life of Jesus, the beautiful, messy death of Jesus, and the wonderful, wonderful, beautiful resurrection that comes on that Easter morning. And let us always remember that when it's dark like it is on the Friday, we always have Easter Sunday that is coming. So let us humble ourselves before one another and live in the mindset of Christ this day and always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let us stand and sing our song of invitation this morning, all glory, laud, and honor, 280.
receive now this benediction. May the name, may the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, the one who never turned back in defiance, the one who gave his back, gave his back to the lash, the one who faced spitting and insult. May your bearing be that of Christ Jesus, the one who emptied himself, the one who took the form of a servant, the one who was raised to the heights and given the name above all names. May your lives declare the lordship of Jesus Christ to the glory of God. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Thank you.